Hey everybody, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. It's so great to be here with you today for worship. And I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorite times of year as we're gearing up for Thanksgiving and all the festivities that come with it. Now, in the chat box, in the comment section, if you'll just type your favorite Thanksgiving dish, whatever that is. I have to say mine is pumpkin pie. It's probably the best thing ever. I just love anything pumpkin anyway. So um, so go ahead and, and chat about that because today, in today's message, Pastor James is going to be talking a little bit about this thing called Thanksgiving. And I know we talk about that a lot around this time of year, but I think especially this year, it's super important to talk about how we as, how we as belongers need to find Thanksgiving in everything, in everything. And so this is going to be a little bit of a challenge for some of us today, depending on what your circumstance is or uh, what you're wrestling with. So I just want to challenge you to just tune in to be a part of this because who knows what God will say to you today. And if you haven't already, go ahead and check in on social media, check in on Facebook, start a watch party because you don't know who that can impact, who might tune in and check things out and might hear from God today, even unexpectedly. So we're so glad that you're here. Thanks so much. And we hope that you enjoy the service. Oh, yeah. 
Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Hey, we're so excited that you're here worshiping with us this morning. And uh, we wanted to say good morning to all those that are worshiping with us online this morning. If everyone just say, hey, good morning. Good morning. All right. You know, we've got people that are worshiping with us all over the world. And it's exciting to be able to worship here, but also in those, uh, those places as well. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're staying connected with everyone here and worshiping um, with us online, that we're staying connected with you as well. So if you could just take time to um, maybe uh, pull out your phone. You can go to the Salem Fields uh, page. We have a connection card there. You can go to salemfields.com slash contact. And that's our uh, connection card. And we can uh, figure out, you can fill that out so we know how we can best serve you as your pastors and your staff here. You know, it's exciting times here at Salem Fields, even though the pandemic, uh, you know, I, that's what I love about God. You know, it's because of all that we have um, going on. You can be seated, by the way. Sorry, I'm making you stand while I do all this. I'm, you know, you're going to be sitting for a long time. You know, we know Pastor James will be speaking for a while, so we're just going to be, you know, so you'll be, your legs will, your legs need that workout standing up. But, hey, um, you know, a lot of things are going on, but you know, that's what I love about God is that despite the pandemic, despite, you know, maybe different restrictions or things like that, that does not impact our worship. We can worship, we have the freedom to worship no matter what anything tries to come at us because that's the God we serve. He's everywhere with us. And so, um, you know, we're just excited about those things. I lost my announcements. Here we go. Um, you know, another thing that is exciting is that uh, we all get to participate in is not only worshiping in places like this with our, um, through our words as we lift up a praise to God for what he's done for us throughout the week, but we can also worship God through our tithes and our offerings and giving. And so um, if you would uh, today, you can always do that by going to the app or, or going to the online there to the Give tab. You know, I love that God teaches us this principle of giving because, um, you know, if he wasn't a God that was a giving God, um, you know, we wouldn't have salvation because in John three sixteen it says, so God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that we could all um, have eternal life with him. You know, and we can experience that, give that gratitude back to him by giving um, of our tithes and offerings um, faithfully to uh, the church so that we can turn around and help bring hope to others that may be able to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior one day. And so we want, uh, we have a lot of different ways. You can go out to the giving kiosk, the app, and the, um, of course, we have our online giving tabs on, on the as you're
your worship with us online. Um, so, hey, we also want to make sure that you're checking into Facebook. Um, again, this is a great way. It's a front door opportunity for you to let people know what's happening and how they can worship and how they can connect and become part of the community here at Salem Fields. And you can also do that by right now, if you pull out your phone, go to your Facebook page, not only just check in, but click the watch party. Because when you do that, that actually puts the service out there for everyone that's on your friends list to be able to watch and worship right there. It just puts an alert to them, like a notification, so they don't have to go finding and searching around trying to find that. They can worship with us right now. So we want to be a part of that. And then, you know, maybe be praying about maybe one day hosting that watch party at your home getting people involved with that. You know, we have a lot of great things that are going on here at Salem Fields, and we want to make sure that you're staying connected with those. If we've got a great family event coming up, we have the virtual uh, scavenger hunt. So that's going to be taking place on November 21st. Um, this is an event where um, your families and, and can get together, and you're going to be able to go around town and find different um, things throughout the community. Um, there's going to be clues on the, the Salem Fields Family Connect uh, group page. Um, if you don't uh, aren't connected with that page, please email us at info at Salem Fields to be a part of that. But we're going to be putting a list out at 9 a.m. Um, that morning on the 21st, and then you'll be able to come back and meet up with everyone that was part of that scavenger hunt at 3 p.m. on that Saturday, just to kind of go over and see, did everyone find uh, what was out there? And so we want to make sure you're uh, connected to that. Maybe um, maybe you know some friends and neighbors that want to be a part of that, so pass that along as well. Um, on all this information, you can also find, make sure you're getting our e-news um, on there, and that's one reason to fill out your connection card, because you, you can click on that box to make sure you're getting all this information on a weekly email. We also have our Christmas cards, um, the events that are still going on, we have our table, so we should start seeing those cards come back because we want to make sure that we get these cards to our ministry partners in India and um, Nigeria. And um, again, these cards are going to Pastor James and Charity Anwa that will then distribute them to the kids and the people that they minister minister to in Nigeria, and we want to make sure that they know that um, even though we might be an ocean apart, um, we're still one community, and they belong just as much as um, us coming to this building each and every week. So be a part of that, and um, the deadline for those cards is on the November 29th, because we want to make sure we allow enough time for shipping to get those across um, the ocean. And then, um, you know what, Christmas is right around the corner, and we're excited about that. You know, we've always tried to do our best with decorating. We're not sh quite sure how it's all going to work out because, you know, different news comes out every week. But we wanted everyone to participate with us this uh, upcoming week with our decorating. So on November 22nd, this was next Sunday after the 11 o'clock service, we're going to have a decorating party um, here at the building, and we would love for everyone to come back. If you're, um, if, since you're our 9 o'clock, come back at 11 um, after the 11, and we're going to have lunch and, and just have a good time of uh, decorating the building um, for Christmas. And then um, we're also going to have time on the 23rd that next day um, from, I think, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And we wanted you to be a part of that because um, it's a lot of stuff that goes on. We want to make sure that the outside looks great so as people come by, they know that, again, uh, that there's hope that they can, they can find and be connected to that. We're just glad that you're here today, and we're going to continue to worship. So let's go ahead and stand. Pastor James is talking about thankfulness this morning. So I'm sure all of us can think of a handful of thankful things that we can praise him for this morning, can't we? So as we continue to worship, let's let that praise just go out saying thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done in my life. This is the day that you have made. Whatever comes, I won't complain. For all my hope is in your name, and now your joy awaits my praise. Give some thanks, come on. 
is so good. Because he also meets us right where we're at. He meets us as he finds each and every single one of us, whatever that looks like. Whatever's going on in your life, he meets you in those moments. But strong and I've been broken within a moment. Maybe you felt like that. I've been faithful and I've been reckless at every bend. Who I was. I felt everything together and watched the shadow. And I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. How many of you can say to that? Wrestled and I trembled towards surrender. Yeah. Chased my heart adrift and drifted home again. Plundered blessings till I've been desperate to find redemption. Every time I turn around, Lord, you're still. Yeah, and I was found. Yes, I was found. Before I was lost. And I was yours. Before I was not. That's our truth. His grace to spend. Somebody who still wants, but somehow 
few moments but during this time here let's just put our hands out front and receive this message from this song that God's going to love us just as he finds us let's just just surrender to these moments just in this worship that we have with God right now lifting our hands out put them out in front just receiving that gift today if you want my heart I won't second guess cause I need your Second 
Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful, God, that your love is too good just to leave us where we're at. That, God, that no matter what we carried in with us this morning, God, that we don't have to be uh, slave to that. We don't have to be tied down to those things, God, because you're a God that loves us and wants to, to free us from those things, God. You're a God that wants to deliver us through our problems and our situations, God. And, and, and God, you're a God that loves us, God. That, God, you're a God that loves us so much that, that when one door uh, closes, another door opens. And sometimes when we are praying, God, to you and that, that those words are coming out, God, and, and maybe we're not getting what we want, God, but yet you're a God that says in Ephesians 3.20 that you are a God that does exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever imagine, God. Because you have greater things in store for us that we can't even see yet. So God, as we are here in this moment, let us be surrendered to your message today. Lord, would you speak through your messenger today? Would you speak through Pastor James today and, and allow us to, to hear from you and to, to allow the words to penetrate our hearts in such a way that we would leave here um, full of gratefulness, God, for what it is that you do for us. We thank you for the, those that are worshiping with us online today and, and, and around the world. And God, we ask that you would just be with us in the moment, that we would set aside all the distractions and they may come around from our living room or wherever we're watching and worshiping from today, God, so we can focus in on you. We're so grateful for what you have in store for us, God. We give you all the praise and glory for what you're going to do here. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Hey, guess what, Kelly? What? Do you know what time of year it is? It's fall. It's fall, but it's almost Thanksgiving. Aren't you so excited? <laughs> yeah, so you know what that means. No. Well, I came up with a playlist for Thanksgiving. Just it, show how thankful we are and everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, do you want to listen to some music? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's do it. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is
<laughs> I'm loving the car karaoke. Hey, I want to uh, let you know about uh, next week. Next week, we're going to have a weekend of what I call uh, global engagement. And so next week, we will be talking about Thanksgiving offering, and we'll be talking about our mission, our global mission, to take the hope of Jesus uh, locally and around the world. So uh, next week is that weekend that we uh, take our, we celebrate our Thanksgiving offering and the goal that we have are $50,000 that will leave this place and go around the world. And uh, our speakers for next week are uh, Dr. Larry and Lynn Bollinger. Larry was my roommate in college and one of my best friends on earth. And so Larry and Lynn will be here. Larry is the president of um, Asia Pacific uh, Nazarene Theologic, uh, the Theology School. And so he'll be speaking, and they've been missionaries all over the world. Larry has traveled to 130 different world areas uh, doing compassionate ministry and taking resources to people who need hope and need help. And so Larry will be here, and he will share some of his journey. They just left the States to head back to the Philippines, where they were missionaries many years ago. And so they're going back to the Philippines to do mission work again. You will not want to miss this weekend. You, uh, it'll be here live as well as online, and our Saturday night crew will watch it next Saturday. But we encourage you to begin praying on what God would have you give beyond your tithes and offerings to go around the world for our global engagement. So be on the lookout for that. Mark your calendars for that. Be here next week as God begins to share further, further share his vision on how we continue this uh, message of hope uh, around the world in India and in, in uh, Nigeria and then some new places that we're thinking about and praying about. So come here next week and hear more about what God is doing in our global mission. Hey, I'm so glad you are here today. Uh, we're be, we're be talking about Thanksgiving, a belonger's Thanksgiving. What is it all about? Well, Bill Belichick, um, the, I'm sure the, the first ballot, the first ballot Hall of Famer coach from New England Patriots has made this statement famous. We're on to Cincinnati. Maybe many of you hear that. Whenever he's asked a question about the day's win or loss uh, and in a post-game interview, he usually, his response is usually that he is not looking at the past, that he's moving towards the future because he's on the Cincinnati. And so, you know, I don't know what he says that kind of to uh, make the press mad and to tick them off, or is he really just saying it to kind of move his team out of the past into the future? But usually it is, we're on to Cincinnati, we're on to Baltimore, we're on to whatever the next game is played. We live in that kind of world. It seems like we're always about the next big thing. It's what have you done for me lately? There's no time to revel in success. There's no time to grovel in our failures because it's on to Cincinnati. This cultural sentiment is evidence as in our skip over, our skip over Thanksgiving and our rush right to Christmas. I, I'm amazed it started slowly. 
At first, you know, we would kind of do Halloween and there would be a day or two of Thanksgiving and then we would rush to Christmas. But today, not today, today is soon, before Halloween is over, there's already a part of the store that has been set up for Christmas and it's like we skip right over Thanksgiving because after all, what can we get from Thanksgiving? There are no presents in Thanksgiving. There's no retail sales to be made in Thanksgiving. So we kind of skip over and we rushed right to Christmas. Well, Paul, the prolific writer of the New Testament, the great church planner would remind us that taking a time out, taking some time out and to specifically focus on Thanksgiving is a very important thing. In fact, Paul says if you're going to judge whether you're a belonger or not, it's not about what you do on Halloween and what you do at Christmas. It's actually about what you do in giving thanks all year long Paul says this uh, in, in our scripture for the day. It's going to be a scripture from Paul from 1 Thessalonians. It's kind of the headline scripture. And here's what it says. Be cheerful no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. Can I say that again? Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time and thank God no matter what happens this is the way that God wants you who belong to Christ to live this is the way that God wants you who belong that's you and I who belong to Christ Jesus to live Paul simply says it really directly. Thank God no matter what happens. No exceptions, no excuses, nothing outside those parameters. In everything, give thanks. That little phrase, this little phrase in penta, in the Greek means in connection with everything that occurs. In connection with everything in life, give thanks. No matter what it might be. Now, with the obvious exception of, exception of personal sin, he is saying no matter what happens in your life, be thankful. No matter what circumstance, no matter what struggle, no matter what test, no matter what trial, be thankful and give thanks. It's hard, isn't it, sometimes? And no matter what the situation to give thanks. It's hard sometimes to find a reason to give God's thanks when things don't go our way. Now, this is not some nebulous thanks that's kind of fired off into space. It's a thanksgiving directly to God. By the way, we should remind ourselves that thanksgiving is the essence of Christian attitude and living. And being unthankful is the very, is the very essence uh, of not being a belonger. Being unthankful is the, is the essence of not being a belonger. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 identifies the ungodly with some very direct words. In verse 21 he says this, what happened was this, people knew God perfectly well. That is through conscience, through creation, God was visibly present to them and experientially present to them. But even though they knew God, even though creation and conscience, he says, they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, 
Thanksgiving is worship as part of Thanksgiving. They trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion. So there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. Paul goes on and, and he begins to talk about that this non-Thanksgiving is the essence of what it means to not know God. There is an indictment for, for non-believing people non-Christian, he says he or she refuses to do the basic, and that is to thank God for everything, the God who created everything, the God who reveals himself in conscience, and therefore has given us a standard of right and wrong. God who gives every good and perfect gift is the one and only one that we should thank. See, it's in the character of the person that is, does not belong. It's in the character of the selfish person. It's in the character of the non-believing person to not give God thanks. They say phrases like, thank God for that. Or, or, or they may in some quasi-religious way uh, activity offer some prayer of thanks to God. They do not know, but such does not qualify as true thanks. So let me talk to you about a couple of types of people this morning. There's the ungrateful person, uh, and, and, and three types, I want to share three types of ungrateful people with you this morning. The first type is what I call the good luck peeps, the good luck people. First of all, there are people who go through life thinking that everything is a result of luck. And if everything is going well, they have good luck. And if not, nothing's not go some things aren't going well, they have bad luck, but they're good luck people. They think it's just a group of events over which they have no control whatsoever. It just happens to happen that way. And if it doesn't happen that way, it ought to happen that way for them. And if it doesn't, they become bitter and complaining and angry and hostile. And they become sourpuss people. And even though they may try to manipulate the lucky factors of life, they are unsuccessful and so they are thankless people. After all, if it's all about luck, who is there to think? thank? Well, who would we be thanking if it's all about luck? I can't thank luck. Luck doesn't even have control over itself. There are no thanks in the heart of good luck people. The second type of person is the case sarah, sarah What will be, will be fatalist. Maybe you've met some of these people. Well, there's nothing you can do. What's coming your way is coming your way. It's going to get you at some point. It's coming your way. And so they live their life waiting for fate to somehow come and steal away the very thing that they would need to be thanking God for. There are some, there's some certain inevitable kind of thing in the present Maybe it's in the stars or, or some other aberration in their own thinking. And somehow it's all forced down a track that, that they fatalistically think is going to come in and kind of mess them up. It's destiny. Don't argue with it. Don't fight against it, they say. Who's to think whatever good comes in that? There's no one to think. It's a nameless force, an unidentifiable movement, this fate that comes upon us. And then, now maybe you, some of you don't, you don't, you don't, you're not into the lucky thing, right? And maybe you're, some of you are not into the case, sarah, sarah, fatalistic thing. But this is where a lot of people in the church fall. It's called the control freaks. 
He said, James, I'm not a control freak. I just want everything to work out for me. I just plan everything, strategize everything. I keep a tight hand on everything. I work everything out so it works my way. I'm not a control freak at all. <laughs> the control freaks, they're the positive thinkers, right? They, they usually are successful people who have been successful, and they're not sure why at first, and then eventually they attribute it to themselves. It's my skill. It's my talents. It's my great smile. It's my personality. <laughs> they planned it. They pulled it off. They schemed it. They dreamed it. And all the credit goes to them, and God gets none of it. After all, what did he have to do with anything in the first place? And so the world is made up of these kind of people. I remember being at a Thanksgiving one time, and, and I was, I'm, I'm the Thanksgiving prayer, right? I'm the pastor of the family, so I'm the person who says the prayer, and they kind of look to me when they pray, and, and, and I have to pray. And, and I remember one person in the family saying, why are we thanking God? God didn't, God didn't pay for this food. God didn't put this food on the plate. And naturally, I jumped away from them so that when the lightning bug struck them, I wouldn't get hit. <laughs> the world is made up of thankless people. Some are thankless because it's just a matter of luck. And who's to thank? Some are thankless because it's just destiny and it's their fate and there's no one really there. And some are thankless toward God because anything good, they made it happen. After all, they pulled it off and God gets no credit. He gets a bone every now and then thrown at him. But it's just a token of fake expression. And that's it. Here's the reality. That's the character of a person that does not belong. That's the character of a person that does not know God. That's the character of a person who is not a believer. But we're called to be different. As belongers and believers, we're called to have, we are called to have the spirit, to have this thankfulness well up in us in such a way that our lives are just an expression of thanksgiving to God. It's what happens when the spirit makes this home in our lives, we become thankful people. And so this idea of an ungrateful belonger just does not work. There, there's no such thing. For a non-believer, that's one thing. But for a belonger, for a believer, we're called to be thankful. And so because uh, every now and then I, I believe that belongers can fall into this camp of being ungrateful, can fall into this camp of being unthankful. And I, I found myself every now and then in this camp, and, and someone will correct me and say, James, that's just kind of ungrateful. Don't you think you're, you're being ungrateful there? If we're not careful, because the world can squeeze us into its mold, because culture can fit us into its box, if we're not careful, even as belongers and believers, we can become unthankful so Paul, this great writer of the New Testament, challenges the young churches that he's planting all over Asia Minor. He challenges them to live out this expression of thankfulness to God in everything they do and everywhere they go. 
And, 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 and the overarching principle that Paul gives of this idea of being thankful is found in Romans 8.28. Most of you can quote it by heart. It says this, that's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives of love of God is worked into something good. And that's why we can be so sure that every detail, for, for God works all things to the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. It's the overarching umbrella that covers every issue in life. No matter what happens, it falls under the umbrella of Romans 8.28. And it will be by God working together for good, our good. It may be it, the, it, the, the item, the issue, the situation may not be good in and of itself, but God will take the bad thing. God will take the bad thing and God will work it together. The pastor of Saddleback, Rick Warren, says this, God will take your greatest hurt and use it for his greatest glory if you will surrender it to him. God will take your greatest hurt, your greatest, your, your greatest hurt, that difficult situation, and he will, he will take it and use it for your greatest glory as you surrender it to him. See, if you believe, if you believe that God is at work, that he is large and in charge, then you can handle anything in life and be thankful in any situation because you know it fits into his ultimate plan. How many times have you looked back in life? How many tough situations have you gone through where you just didn't, you couldn't figure out what God was doing? And you ask the question, God, what are you doing? This doesn't make sense. This doesn't fit into my plan. God, what are you up to? This is, this is messing me up, God. You're getting in my way. And you look back in hindsight. By grace of God, you're able to look back and say, oh, God, that's what you were doing. That's what you were working out. That's what you were doing in this terrible situation. See, but faith says we thank God in the terrible situation. Not after it all works out. Faith says we thank God in the terrible situation. God, I don't know what you're doing, and this does not make sense, and this hurts, and I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm angry, and I'm upset, and, it, and, and it, it's blowing my world up. But God, right now I'm going to thank you. That's what Job did in the middle of his situation. He would just fall on his knees and thank God in the middle of his situation. He would praise and worship God when all the tough stuff was going on. What's our posture? What's our posture? When tough stuff happens in our lives, is our posture one of thanksgiving? Is our posture one of giving thanks to God even in the tough situations? You and I can be thankful for the pain that we go through in surgery if we know there's going to be a healing coming because of it. We can be thankful in the difficulty that we go through in preparation if we know the product of the preparation is going to change lives. And you and I can be thankful in the process of pain that, that, that we might inflict upon our body if we know in the end we're going to be healthier because of the exercise. See, as, as long as you look at the end result, you can be thankful even in the process that's less than happy or joyful. When we see the end result and we see what God is up to and we see what God is doing and we see how God is working it out and we see how God's taking us to the next level and building our character and making us stronger and making us more like Jesus, we can give thanks 
because we know what God is doing. He's blending everything in our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, and he's using it for his ultimate good and glory, and in everything we can give thanks. You know, the early church, when they met together, that was their M.O., they were, they were gathered together for the purpose of giving thanks. That was central to their worship. Someone had a psalm. So, somebody had a prayer. And a lot of folks had a lot of things to be thankful for. It was the characteristic of the early church, the Acts church. They gathered together, not so that they could get the song they wanted sung, not so they could hear the sermon they wanted to hear, not so that they could just shake hands and hang out with people, but they gathered together to give thanks to God through a song, through a prayer, through a telling of a story. It was all about giving thanks. We live in a day where it's very difficult for us to rise beyond or above the powerful culture that surrounds us. And we live in a thankless age. On the one hand, we have people who possess more than they thought they would ever possess in their lives. And yet, they also understand that there's more that they don't have than what they do have. And so even though people can grow up and have more than they ever thought they would possess, they're still looking for more. And instead of thanking God for what they have and, and being allowed to be stewards over what they have, they're saying, God, give me more and more and more. And so no matter what they have, they don't have everything they could so they don't have everything they want. So it breathes this kind of terrible ungratefulness. In 2 Corinthians 4.15, Paul says, As every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory, more and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. What he means is that as people receive the grace of God in salvation, it leads to this resounding thanksgiving. It should be normal. It should be characteristic. It should just be who we are. That we should be endlessly giving thanks to God. He goes on in 2 Corinthians 9, 11, he says this, he gives you something that you can give away which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. See, Paul expected belongers to have a, have a character of thanksgiving, a character of praise, a character of worship. Because in Ephesians 5, he says, don't allow love to turn into lust, selling off a downhood slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices or bullying greed. And, he, and he's talking about deeds there. And then in verse 4, he says like this, and don't let dirty talk Dirty or silly, don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit your lifestyle. Thanksgiving is our dialect. So he's saying in our words and in our deeds, we should have this attitude of thanksgiving. In Ephesians 5.18, he says, sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. In the early church, part of that singing was songs of thanksgiving and songs of praise. Have you ever been in a tough situation and in the moment God will sing a song of praise, send a song of praise down the chute of your mind and you'll just start praising God in the storm? Remember Peter? Remember, remember Paul, excuse me, Paul and Silas, they're in jail? 
And they're in jail and they've been beaten and put in jail and they're locked up for something they had nothing to do with. And in the midnight hour, they begin to sing and God brings a miracle out of the song. I believe that in our toughest situations, when things aren't going right and when all hell is breaking through in our lives, this idea of singing a song to praise does something for us. It takes our mind off our present situation which is temporary, and begins to focus our mind on God, which is eternal. It takes our mind off of our temporary situations and focus our mind on the eternal things in life. See, a a spirit-filled belonger is a thankful believer. (laughs) That's what he's saying. Paul is saying if you're filled with the Spirit of God, that this is not something that you got to bootstrap. This is not something that you got to work hard on. If you're a spirit-filled believer, this will be a part of just who you are. You should be giving thanks because of your salvation. We should be giving thanks because of God's outpouring uh, and the necessities of our spiritual lives. You and I were formed, were made, were created to give thanks back to God. Even time, in times of trouble, Paul says this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worry, pray. Let your petitions and praises, what? Shape your worries into prayer, letting God know your concerns. Even in times of great anxiety and frustration, in times of great fear and worry and stress, you and I are to be characterized by thanksgiving. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians. Colossians. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You've received Christ Jesus, the master. Now live in him. Live him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Wow. He says you to talk the right way, and here's how you walk. You'll walk overflowing in thanksgiving, overflowing in gratitude, just spilling forth with gratitude because you have Christ. Paul goes on to say, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thanksgiving cultivate thanksgiving it's something that we work on it's something that it's something that we the holy spirit kind of empowers us in such a way that we just practice this idea of giving thanks for every situation so be cheerful pray all the time And thank God no matter what happens. Three commands. This should be our heart's attitude and our walk's witness. Three commands. Be a command. Not, well, maybe you should think about. Not, well, maybe if everything goes well in your life. 
No, Paul is saying to these churches, to these belongers, to these new belongers and churches that he's planted all over the place, that you should be cheerful, full of cheer, that you should pray at all times, pray at all times, be in this attitude of prayer. You've done it before. You, you, maybe you experienced it. You're just driving down the road. You don't stop and put your hands together and close your eyes. You just have a conversation. You just have a little talk with Jesus. Right? And you're telling them about your troubles and, and you're just in this attitude and this attitude of prayer. The next time you get in a situation and you're in your disposition, your, your first thing is going to fear and going to anxiety. Would you just say, I'm not going to give in to fear and anxiety. I'm just going to pray. The governor released a mandate in, uh, the other day, and he, he released it, I think it was on Friday or Saturday, and he didn't take questions. And so when he released it and he didn't take questions, it looked like he was closing everything down, including the church. And I was on some phone calls. Of course, my phone blew up, and I was getting all kinds of emails and different things like that. And, and my, my disposition was just frustration, right? It's just frustration. We're, we're building momentum. We're doing things, and all of this happens. And I just begin to pray and say, God, you're in this. You know how to work this out. You know what you're doing. This is your church and not my church. These are your people and not my people. We're in this together. And as we, we listened more, the governor put out an amendum to this statement that basically said, I'm not talking about churches. I'm, I'm talking about social gatherings. I guess he was trying to make sure we didn't get together in groups of 50 for Thanksgiving. But I guess what I'm saying is if we're not careful, our first Stop can be worry. Our first stop can be anxiety. Our first stop can be fear. Our first stop can be anger. And, and by, the, 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 by, by the Holy Spirit's kind of empowerment, we're called our first stop to be prayer, our first stop to be thanksgiving, our first stop to be cheerful in all things. So don't judge your spirituality by your church attendance, your ministry activity, by the fact that you do your duty as belonger, you give and you study the Bible. Don't judge your spirituality by the fact that you, 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 you're not committing fornication or you're not murdered anyone or committed adultery or abuse your spouse and you don't abuse your children. No, you should judge your spirituality by that question, the question the question, judge your spirituality by this question. Am I cheerful always? Through a, am I praying and am I th giving thanks to God? Because this is the way that God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. <laughs> because this is the way that God wants you He's not, he's not asking this of people who don't believe. He's not asking this of people who don't belong. He's not asking this of the Kesara Sarah people or the lucky people or the control freaks. He's asking this and he's saying this is the way that those who belong to me and so if I'm going to ask do I belong to Jesus, am I connected, am I a believer, the question is can I, are those three things in operation in my life? And Philippians 2, 13 says this, that energy in God's energy is God's energy and energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. 
And so this is not something that we bootstrap. This is something made available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. When we surrender our lives and, and we give our lives over to the power of the Holy Spirit, then he begins to change us from the inside out. And then we can be cheerful in every situation. I'm not saying we're jumping up and clicking our heels together and shouting, but I'm saying in every situation we can be cheerful and in every situation, in every circumstance, we can pray and we can give thanks. If that's not happening in your life, maybe, maybe you have what I call some gratitude blockers or corruptors. Some gratitude blockers or corruptors. The first one is, I don't think so, doubt. If you doubt who God is, if you doubt the fact that he says, I'm at work in your life and I'm working everything out to the good of those who love me, those who are called according to my purpose. If you doubt that he is faithful, if you doubt that he will, what he started in you, he will complete it. If you have doubt, you will not be thankful because doubt is a thankful, thankfulness blocker. When he says he's faithful and his mercies are new every morning, you're thinking, man, man maybe he's not telling us the truth. <laughs> if you doubt God's character, you're going to have trouble being thankful because you're not going to necessarily be sure that he really can do what he says that he can do. And then there's some people who have even questioned his love and say, well, well, God would never let this happen if he really loved me. If God was really on my side, he would never let this circumstance come into my life. And so I, and we begin to think maybe God doesn't love us. Maybe he doesn't really care. When any of those kind of doubts attach themselves to the character, to our character, then we begin to doubt the word and to doubt his love. And we begin to stop being thankful those kind of doubts will poison the spring of your spirit-filled heart that should be gushing forth and overflowing with gratitude. Secondly, it's the me, my, I, selfishness. Selfishness is a block or corrupter to thanksgiving. This is, this is poison that kind of overflows in us if we're not careful. The, the person who is selfish says this, look, I don't want it the way it is. I want it the way I want it. I'm not content with the way God is working out in my life. I'm not content with the circumstances that keep flowing into my life. I'm not content with the things that are going on in my little world. I do not want it this way. This is not my desire. I want it my way. And that's selfishness. When we say it's got to be my way or the highway, that's selfishness. And selfishness basically says this, God, get off the throne. I I want to be on the throne. I want to be in charge. I want to run my life. I want to call the shots. And so what happens is self-will becomes more important than God's will in our lives. Selfishness. I want my life my way. I want my job my way. I want my church this way. I'm my, wife, my way. I want my spouse my way. I want my kids my way. I want my career my way. I want, I want, I want, I want. And if God doesn't come in and, and fit into the picture perfectly, if God doesn't take care of everything the way I want it, then I'm selfish. And selfishness blocks 
thankfulness in our lives. Then there's the stuff junkies. I call them the carnality meat-headers, you know, Carnality, they're carnal. They just want the stuff of the world. They're, they're all about what I can get and how I can get it. Meatheads. Meatheads are people whose vision is filled with pleasure and prominence and popularity and prestige and people and places and possessions and pursuits, and I can't think of any more P words. Someone whose vision is filled up with the stuff of the world, the stuff that's passing away, and they're so consumed with all the stuff, and if all that doesn't work out the way they want it, they're not going to be thankful. People's eyes are filled up with the stuff of the world. I had my eye on this house I wanted. I have my eye on this job that I want. I have my eye on this pleasure or whatever the case might be. And, and, and they spend their lives in a thankless attitude and they never see the, possess, the, the blessings of God because they always have their eye on something else. And last but not least, you're wrong. Well, I got two more, but I'm getting close to the end here. <laughs> the you're wrong, I'm right critic. Critic. The people who are critical of everything, God can bring some kind of blessing in their lives and it's not good enough and they're critical of it. And every time God does something in their lives, they're just critical. It's never enough. They can never get enough. They can never have enough and they're just critic. Criticism will blind your vision. It will warp your understanding. It will make you useless to God and a pain in a proverbial neck to everyone around you. It will corrode your spirituality. It will corrode your love, a critical spirit. This overanalyzation of everything, this need to criticize everything and everybody that isn't exactly the way it should be. The critic says, I deserve better than this. I, I, I'm worthier, better than this. I want people to think I'm, or they say this, I want people to think I'm better than I really am, so I want the stuff around me to make me look good, and it's not making me look good as I want it to, to look good, and so they get bitter and they get upset, and they begin to be more and more critical. And now, last but not least, impatience. The impatient person says, it's not happening Fast enough. Some of you are patient right now, two minutes over. <laughs> it's not happening. I wish he would just finish the message and let me go. Impatience. Some people don't give thanks simply because they're discontent over the perception that God doesn't move on their schedule. God doesn't operate according to their schedule. They can't deal with the process. They can't say, thank you, Lord, I see your hand at work. The process is slow, I see it, I thank you for it, I praise you for it. They say, God, it's like the child with the tantrum tantrum. They say, God, if you're not gonna work on my schedule, I'm out of here, I'm gonna take my toys and go home. They can't, not, they can't patiently wait. They can't patiently thank God for an unfinished process. They want God to work for them to accomplish their goals and their time frame. And patience just destroy thankfulness. And if we're not careful, folks, they is we. What robs gratitude, doubt, selfishness, carnality, critical spirit, and impatience? But here's the good news. 
Let me end with some good news this morning. God, Holy Spirit, can empower us in such a way that we are thankful. God's power, the power of God's Holy Spirit can empower us in such a way and fill us in such a way that we're cheerful all the time. We're praying at all times and we're giving thanks to God. So let me ask you the question. If you were to judge your spirituality today based on those three commands, being cheerful, praying all the time, and giving thanks in all situations because this is God's will, this is the way that people act who belong to God, how would you judge your belongingness this morning? Thank God for his grace that this Holy Spirit can come in and change us from the inside out and make us the people that we should be as belongers. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, thank you so much that your spirit is at work, already at work in this place. Your spirit is already on the scene here because we've gathered in your name. And God, the Holy Spirit, I believe you're speaking to those of us in this room and those of us online watching. And, and we're, we're taking the test, right? And you're saying, okay, all right, James, are you, are you cheerful in, in situations? Do you pray all the time? Are you thank, thanking God in all situations? And we're taking the test. And, and Lord, God, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're showing us ourselves. You're putting a mirror in front of our face. And we're having, to, we're having to confess that sometimes we're not praying in all situations. Sometimes we're not cheerful. Sometimes we're not giving you thanks. And Father, I just pray in this moment that your Holy Spirit, we will make ourselves available to your Holy Spirit and say, here I am, here I am God. I'm not who I want to be. But I know you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, can fill me as I surrender myself to you, to you so that I am who you've called me to be. And I do keep your commandments. I move away from impatience and doubt and, and fatalistic believing and good lucky charms believing. And I move to this, uh, this place where uh, I trust you. For everything in my life, I believe that what you say is true and what you said you'll do, you'll do. And I confess that I need help by the power of your Holy Spirit, and so here I am. Would you help us today, Father? Would you fill us afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit? Will we not be so squeezed into the world's mode? that we skip over this thankfulness, which should be something that happens in our lives 24-7, year after year, month after month, week after week, day after day. So here we are, Lord. <laughs> we belong to you. And we're asking you to do in us what we can't do in ourselves. Sure, we can say thank you every now and then, but that's not the command. Sure, we can pray every now and then, but that's not the command. Sure, we can be cheerful when things go our way, but that's not the command. The command is always, continuously, in all situations. And so would you help us with that, Father? Thank you for what you're going to do as we come to you, as we hear your voice, as we respond to your grace. Maybe you're here today listening to me 
online or in the auditorium and you just don't have that kind of relationship with the Lord. So you don't even understand this Thanksgiving thing. The good news is you're not here by mistake. The good news, there's hope for you in this situation. And you can pray a prayer like this. God, thank you for bringing me to this place at this time in this situation. I've heard you, Father. Would you come and be the CEO of my life? Be large and in charge in these days. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for what you've already done on the cross and on getting out of the tomb on Easter Sunday morning. Thank you for the forgiveness of my rebellion, my selfishness, my sin. Now come and live inside of me and change me from the inside out. And I thank you. Lord, we love you this morning. We just want to be who you've called us to be. Now help us by your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, guys, be grateful and thankful, people. Love you guys. Have a great day. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us for worship. Uh, if you're worship with us here in the building or worship with us online, we're so gr grateful that you joined us and thankful for that as well. And um, we hope that you join us back next week. Remember, we've got those events that are coming up, the virtual uh, scavenger hunt. We've got the Christmas card stuff that you can pick up out there in the, the lobby. And, of course, next Sunday, um, you're always welcome to come back and help us with the uh, Christmas decorations um, after the 11 a.m. service. Um, here in just a minute, our ushers are going to come forward. They're going to dismiss you uh, by, by uh, section here, and we're glad you worship with us and we hope to see you soon god bless well it's been so great to have you in worship today to be able to worship together from wherever we are as the body of christ and i hope that you'll take with you something that maybe god said to you during the message and during the service this week about that that attitude of gratitude that we're called to cultivate as believers and and we want to let you know that please reach out to us we want to chat with you. We want to connect with you. You can talk to Pastor James anytime. You can just email him at james at salemfields.com or just email the church at info at salemfields.com with any questions, concerns, prayer requests, anything that we can be helped with. So, so God bless. Have a great week and we'll see you again next week.